Welcome to another episode of Married Travelers Behind the Design. I'm Mark Grazier, Editorial Director at Married International, the world's largest hotel company. In this episode, we're going to take a little trip to Orlando to visit Toy Story Land at Disney's Hollywood Studios theme park. Toy Story Land is a themed section of the park, something Disney is really embracing after opening Cars Land in California, a Pirates of the Caribbean Land in Shanghai, China, and Star Wars Land's opening in 2019 in California and Orlando. Toy Story Land covers 11 acres and is actually Pixar's fourth in a Disney theme park. There are versions in Paris, Hong Kong, and Shanghai, but this one is different. Your favorite Pixar characters, including Woody and Buzz Lightyear, are all there. All of the Toy Story lands are fairly similar in design, but the main attraction in Orlando is the Slinky Dog Dash roller coaster. It's a first for Pixar, a first for a Toy Story land, and something that it really excited its designers. Mary Traveler was there for the opening of the park and sat down with its designers, Roger Gould, who's the creative director of theme parks at Pixar Animation Studios, and Ryan Weininger, He's the creative director with Walt Disney Imagineering. These are the guys who design all of Disney's parks. Howdy. Uh, I'm Roger Gould. I'm the creative director of the Theme Parks Group at Pixar Animation Studios. And I work full-time in collaboration with Walt Disney Imagineering, bringing the Pixar characters and stories to life wherever they show up at the parks and resorts around the world. You've been to most of them, so you've seen a lot of it. And so when Disney says, hey, Pixar, we want to turn yeah. you know, your, your animated movies into, oh my gosh. into a real-life park, yeah. where do you start? I mean, you guys have got to be so excited. When we make a film, you know, we put our hard work on our passion, our talent, into hoping to create characters people will love and a story that they'll get engaged with. And, you know, the Toy Story films have just had the most extraordinary success. And the love that we get from the audience is amazing. But the greatest honor we get is when Imagineering calls up and says, and we want to turn it into a park experience. And to say, hey, we want to make an 11-acre immersive Toy Story land, we just flipped out. It was like, fantastic, let's do it. You know, Toy Story Mania has been such a success here. And when we created that, we had to ask ourselves this basic question of, okay, well, in the Toy Story world, if you're a human, toys <laughs> plop down and they're inert. So we don't want to be a human. We want to be in the close-up from the group. So that means we're going to be shrunk down to the size of toys. And then Woody and Buzz can look us right in the eye and welcome us and play with us. So we knew that this land, this backyard, and that we were going to shrink to the size of the toy. Everything had to be giant. And so the great joy of my job is I get to actually bring Pixar artists and the Imagineers together and literally have these brainstorms where we have the artists who created the movies, like Bob Pauly, who's been a production designer on all the Toy Story films, in the room saying, okay, we need to expand this world and we want to make whatever we build feel like it's true to that world. So how do we make it feel like Toy Story, even if it's something you've never seen in one of the movies? And how did you end up with um, Andy's Backyard? Yeah, well, uh, this park, you know, has this beautiful main street of the classic Hollywood, and but it was always a making of behind-the-scenes story. And that time has passed. You know, we've really found, and we you know, had the great pleasure of working for six years on Cars Land out in California. Our guests want to go into the story. They don't want to talk about how it was made. They want to be in the story. And so what was so exciting is that Toy Story Island is really the first big step towards transforming Disney Hollywood into an immersive storytelling park. You know, Andy has a next door neighbor who's kind of a rich kid and he's spoiled and he has this deluxe Star Wars playset that they're setting up next to Toy Story Land. But that's going to be obviously an extraordinary land as well. So we said, okay, well, great. Well, what do we want to do? If we're going to, it's going to be outdoors, well, then let's be in his backyard because that means we can also bring in vegetation and make it lush. Because, you know, when you're here in Florida, 
could be a little past of that hot sun out there. So we said, well, let's have fun with all these toys, but then let's make it this comforting, you know, place where there's lots of shade and where you the hills go up and they dip down. So you really feel like you're in this organic place. And Andy set up his toys, you know, he was out there playing. He didn't line things up on a grid. You know, he was digging little trenches and so his slinky dog coaster could go under a bridge of toys and he was putting things at odd angles. And what's so cool about that is it's easy to draw that on a piece of paper. Go, oh, look, we're going to put things at funny angles. But this has to get built with engineers and architects mm-hmm. who all want to straighten things out and go, you didn't mean that right. And go, no, no. And the imaginers were so passionate about building in what now feels like spontaneous play, but takes years of planning and engineering and work to make that Jenga tower feel like it might fall down at any moment, to make it feel like that curve, you know, just sort of wiggles its way around the playset. to, you know, put that, that giant footprint from any sneaker that's just stepped into the mud. We have three feature films, two TV specials, and lots of Toy Story shorts. So we have this enormous cast of beloved characters and fun things we've seen. And yet, when we start building Andy's backyard, we've never seen that. We've never been there. And we haven't seen Andy set up his toys this way. So there's so much invention we get to do. And so sitting around the table with Dave Minichello and Ryan Weiniger, who are amazing WDI creative directors who led the effort on this whole land, and people like Bob Pauly and Jeff Pigeon, who's one of the original Toy Story designers, and also the voice of the aliens, you know, and sitting around going, okay, well, we've got this big object. It's a box. What is that box? And then Jeff starts doing this doodle of, well, we know Rex as this nervous, worried dinosaur, but his original packaging probably portrayed him as this fearsome Tyrannosaurus Rex. So you get to see that now. There, here's this giant package of this ferocious, angry Rex, you know, with a volcano erupting in the background. So we get to tell sort of the the backstory or span the story of all these toys. Nice, nice. Yeah, and the part that you don't see in the movies or any exactly. of the projects. You were talking a little bit about the land um, part of it, and, you know, Toy Story Mania was a huge hit in California and here, yeah. too, but it was one attraction in Tokyo. Uh, but it was one attraction. That's and right. now, and then after Cars Land, suddenly, like right. you said, there's this other thing, there's yeah. this whole themed area. Well, that was what was so amazing. I mean, you know, if you think back to 2006 when birthday idea of Cars Land. People weren't building single-story immersive lands. Harry Potter was years away from opening, so it was this really bold thing to do, and we saw our guests just loved it. And so now with things like, obviously, Harry Potter, there was a but the Pandora and Toy Story Land we built here, and the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge that's going up, we're just giving that the guests that opportunity to really step into the stories. So here we said, well, we have this fantastic anchor of Toy Story Mania, but, but because of that Making a story, you were on Pixar Place, you were kind of at the Pixar studio before you entered the building, and then you were in Andy's room. We said, that's over. That was that was a good story for us, but now we're going to tell a different story. So we actually flipped the entrance to the building to the other side so that and created an entire new entry that is, in fact, this giant version of the original Toy Story Mania package. So that game box is out there, and now you're going to walk through that game box to enter into Andy's bedroom. So you're in the backyard, and now you go into Andy's bedroom to play Toy Story Mania. So it was so fun kind of connecting the dots and uh-huh. tell this bigger story than we ever had before. Because you can only change so much. <laughs> well, yeah, but what's super fun is that we actually, by flipping around, we got to actually build more queue from this end and more execute. So that just gave us more storytelling opportunity. So you're going to see in the queue the original packaging for Lenny the binoculars that we've never seen before, for Chuckles the Clown from Bonnie's Room that we've never seen before, and some new drawings uh, where Andy has sort of drawn a whole little story of uh, a Woody's adventure, you know, as you exit. So there's, you know, that's the great thing. 
I love it when they say, oh, we're going to need a restroom. Great. What, what toys do we turn that into? Oh, we need a bench. Great. Let's build that out of popsicle sticks. Oh, we need a lamp. Okay, great. Let's build that out of Tinker Toys. So every object that we need actually is just another toy opportunity to bring that story to life. And how different did you want to make each Toy Story Land? Well, it's funny. The very first one was in Paris, and it was really born of that same moment when we created Cars Land. of like, let's build an immersive storyland. And so it was really extraordinary back in 2010. And then Hong Kong was working on an expansion, and they kind of looked over across the room and ran, and you're like, hey, we want one of those. So we opened that just a year later in 2011. And Jim Scholl, amazing creative director at WDI, has been our creative director on all three of the previous Toy Story Lands. And they're all like cousins. They're related. We definitely plussed and changed some things out from one to the next. And then when he led the effort for the Shanghai Toy Story Land, we created a Woody's Roundup playset that we'd never seen before. But we had a, a different team here, but we also had, you know, dramatically more land. So we really had to go from scratch. This was going to be a different experience. So in those three lands, Jim had created this fantastic Slinky Dog Zigzag Spin, which is this really cute little round ride where you're riding in Slinky. And we loved that. We said, what if we really blew that up? What if that became a Slinky Dog roller coaster? And we used that to energize the backyard from one end to the other. We wanted it to be kinetic. You know, we didn't want this to feel like you came to a space where it's dead because the whole point is Andy's way and the toys are alive. So Slinky is racing on this you know, dash and dodge coaster kit that Andy has assembled. And there's a drawing in the load area where Andy figured out how Slinky Dog could fit perfectly on this coaster track. And you hear him, he's a character. So when you leave the launch, he's shouting out to hang on. And, you know, and he's shouting whoopee as he goes around the spins around Jesse and Rex. We were just looking for ways to make sure that the world came to life. And then as you come back into the end of that coaster, you actually see Wheezy, a beautiful audio-animatronic figure, who's singing You've Got a Friend in Me. Because we, of course, at the foundation of the Toy Story Music's friendship. And so we wanted to celebrate that with that song. And do you have a favorite part? My favorite part is standing in it and looking around and watching people smile. It's just, you know... I think the transformation of thinking and Imagineering from building attractions where you're, you really don't enter the story until you walk in to building an immersive land is that now just being in the land is being in the story. And, you know, we make these movies, but now to be able to walk into them and be inside the film, it just, it just makes me smile. And the Toy Story films are, have this extraordinary legacy. It was our very first film, the first computer animated feature ever made, 1995, 23 years ago. So... This is a multi-generational film property. I mean, people have a, an emotional relation to these films. They, you might have been 10 years old when you saw the first movie. You're 33 now. You might have a 10-year-old who's now watched that movie with you. And so there's this love. You know, this is not a, a land for little kids. This is a land for people of all ages because people have such love for those characters. And we wanted to really, you know, reward that and celebrate that. So Buzz and Woody are there to greet you at either end of the park, you know, Jackson, Rex, Jess and Rexy, Jesse and Rex are playing together, you know, hanging up those lights with Rex precariously standing on his tower of Jenga blocks. And so that's, that's the fun of it is that, you know, the guests don't look at Disney parks as a product they consume. It's something they really consider theirs. They're such amazing ownership. So when we do right by them, they're proud of it in a way that we're proud of it. And that's really exciting to see people come. I've seen people get off of Slinky Dog in the last week and cry out of joy. And you know, uh, it just it melts my heart. I bet. Like, how long have you been at Pixar? Uh, since 2001. So okay. I've got 17 years. And with the Disney company since 1994. So 20, 
four years now. Um, it adds up. That's yeah, that's that's amazing. But it, it, but yeah, it's got to be amazing to see it come to life in this way. Like Carsland, when I was there for the opening. You know, it's like, wow, you built Cars Land. Like, this is exactly what you see. standing in front of Luigi's, and Jeremy Lasky, who's one of our lead digital cinematographers, was standing next to me, and he said, I made this shot, and now I'm standing in the shot. And uh, just seeing his mind explode was so fantastic, you know. And it looks beautiful at night, too, which I'm excited to see this one at night. Well, Toy Story Land at night, you know, that's what's so great is that every Imagineer is a storyteller. So our landscape people said, how do we find trees and bamboo and bushes that feel like giant grass and giant bushes to help reinforce that scale? And our lighting lead, um, Michael Valentino, an amazing Imagineer I've had the pleasure of working with all over the world, really pushed this to another level. So the Slinky Dog Dash roller coaster, the lighting on that is something I have never seen on a roller coaster. Literally, as Slinky Dog races around, the lights chase along with him. And in Alien Swirling Saucer, where we have eight custom, you know, electronic remixes that we did of Toy Story themes, Michael and his team created a unique lighting program for every single one. So when you're there tonight, it's not repeating. Watch every single one of those eight songs and you'll see a unique, fun, you know, party come to life. If there's one element that you want people to notice, like it could be a hidden thing inside the park. What What is that? Just notice that every single object is a toy. Every lamp, every bench, every garbage can, there is nothing that breaks that story. And that's what's so fun. Every railing is made up of toys. You know, the column that holds up the lid of the you know the roof at the lunchbox is a giant thermos. You know, so just notice that. Just go, wait a second, this didn't just happen. People had to think about how every single object, you know, the the sign above the restroom was made of scrabble letter blocks, right? So it just was so fun to go, okay. We have this absolute rule, and the Imagineers were devoted to it. Every single object here is a toy. And, you know, so there's a lot of fun things to discover. That's awesome. Yeah, that's the part that I always love. I just love to look just look at the design yeah. and all the little details. Yeah. Um, is there something that you wanted to do that you couldn't? We did pretty well. Uh, I mean, it's I mean, what's so fantastic, I mean, you, you look at this thing, it's, it's amazing because it, it confuses the eye because you're looking at these toys, and then these tiny little people are walking around. You know, I really feel like we captured the scale we wanted the slinky dog what was so fun about that coaster again the ride engineers are storytellers so we were just like build a coaster we're like this is a slinky coaster so that means there needs to be twists and dips and hills that make you feel his slinkiness and so i love sitting in the back row and watching all the coils twist in front of you because you really get to see this whole this whole slinky attitude i mean and he's shouting he's talking because he's alive and he goes by jesse and, and rex and they start talking it's just that's funny. That's a little tip for people. Like, sit in the back, not the front. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like any good coaster, you, you know, each each row is a different experience and super fun. But, you know, we had to, we wanted to build this fence. And it's like, you know, turns out there's objects on the other side of the fence, like a parking structure we didn't want you to see. But what I loved is that every time we had a problem to solve, we solved it inside the world of Toy Story. So, sure, there's a fence in Andy's backyard. Why not? Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Oh, so fun. I can't wait for you to get out there. What's great about Toy Story Land and the new approach Disney is taking to designing its theme parks is the chance for moviegoers to step into the world they only got to see on screen before. My name is Ryan Weiniger, and I am a creative director with Walt Disney Imagineering on the creative team that brought Toy Story Land to life. When Disney says, hey, we want to turn Toy Story, an animated 
franchise and bring it to life. Where do you start? It's <laughs> a great question. We always start with the story. And these films have very established themes and movements in heart. So we, in collaboration with Pixar from the very beginning, we sit around a table and we learn about what it is to celebrate from these films. And that is the joy of playtime, the spontaneity that comes with being a child, right? And that relationship between a chosen family of friends like these toys are. So when you start there, it made sense to us that you in this backyard, you need to be one of the toys with all of these characters because that allows you to reinforce all of that community that we feel from the films. Um, and the backyard setting is sort of perfect for the park world because we can bring um, a boundless a boundless world to life that allows all sorts of different types of toys and experience to show up, right? So there's it's a bit of a complicated creative metric that we'll use to, to navigate there, but we always start with the heart of the original story. And uh, you were kind of going into it, but what is the guest, or what, do you, what are you hoping the guest uh, experiences when they first come into the park? Totally, you are... And do they know that it's Andy's backyard? Yes. So it's funny, and our land is a, it's called Toy Story Land, but our setting is Andy's backyard. So everyone inside this backyard just knows it as Andy's backyard. Um, so it'll be obvious when Woody greets you or Buzz Lightyear greets you from either entrance of our, of our land. Um, but guests are honorary toys for the day and they're here to play. All of our icons throughout the land, Jesse, Rex, and Woody, and Buzz, reinforce that by letting us know, hey, we've been expecting you, new toys. Like, welcome, come have a great day and play. So your only assignment today is just to go play in this backyard. And so we've made sure that every, every attraction, obviously, but even the journey between your attractions, the tertiary opportunities and, and experiences, all reinforce that you are here just together to play. That's it. What are your favorite elements of it? One of the and most- they could be hidden too. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, we, what I love about the original films is that you are partnering, Pixar intentionally partnered real toys with imaginary ones. Because when that first film came out, we needed to feel that these toys were real and could have come from the shelves of our own toy stores. Um, now, of course, today they are all toys. But uh, so in Andy's backyard, we've done the same thing by introducing real toys into this place that everyone of your family knows about or has played with alongside toys we've invented just for this place. And how fun is it to invent a toy, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes it's the scale of the mega coaster play kit, like which is the foundation of Slinky Dog Dash, how Slinky moves through that entire backyard, or Alien Swirling Saucers, which is in and of itself one entire playset that's literally been set in the grass and turned on. Mm -hmm. So we, for us, getting to realize the different types of toys that exist out there that reinforce the different ways children play with toys was was the real opportunity for us. And each attraction brought its own unique point of views related, uh, related to that. And it's gotta be fun for you guys to to play too. I mean, the Slinky Dog Coaster like, is amazing. Oh, it's so much fun. Yeah, we you'd be surprised how many times we played with all the toys that we had built in this backyard. We needed to remember what it was like to spontaneously build a, a Jenga tower, for example, or what it meant to put Tinker Toys together and stick them in the dirt. Like we learned a lot from that activity. So all of that, inner, that all of that, um, that momentum and research has gone into how we've staged and developed the setting of Andy's backyard. And how long had you been wanting to build a kind of a longer coaster like the one that's here? It's funny, um, Slinky Dog as a roller coaster is just an awesome, obvious, great opportunity. And it's gone through a lot of iterations. We were just lucky that our backyard could fit the kind of experience 
set we ended up with. You know, so having two launch sequences, totally unique for Walt Disney World, um, to send Slinky on an adventure that, of course, he hasn't been on anywhere in the world or in any of the films. It's that, uh, that kind of opportunity for us was, was pretty incredible, as you say. And one final question. So as yeah. you're walking, entering the park, and there are two entrances, mm -hmm. is there... Is there some, is the story unfurling in some way for the guest, or is it just in the to get same? That's a great question. In the same way, when you walk into a playroom of a child, there is no rhyme or reason as to how anything got to where it ended. Um, we need that backyard to feel exactly the same way, because then it loses its childlike wonder. So the only thing we've paid attention to is to make sure that you can tell Andy has been spontaneously inspired throughout the backyard to go play in different corners of it. So we've intentionally juxtaposed a lot of um, different types of toys that we would never have thought could be played with together, but only Andy could together in that backyard. So that's how we, that's the progression, the narrative, but not linear by any means, just like a child's imagination. There's just no way linear. Gotcha. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ryan. Yeah, you're so Appreciate welcome. It. it was great meeting you. Have a great time today. While the rides are the main attraction, you're also going to get hungry. And Pixar thought about that too. Welcome to Woody's Lunchbox. <laughs> um, my name is Jerry Mora. I'm one of our uh, food and beverage guest experience manager. He's one of Disney's Imagineers who come up with the dishes served at Disney's theme parks. Uh, what are you generally serving? Um, at Toy Story Land, and um, what's kind of the idea behind what's on the menu? Well, in our Woody's Lunchbox, uh, we do have a unique menu. It has been created for this destination in Toy Story Land. Um, as you probably may have heard, um, Woody's Lunchbox is located in Andy's backyard, and he was ready to play big with his toys. Mom set up his um, lunchbox with uh, diverse uh, menu items many offerings and with that being said Andy was cold and he left his lunchbox in the back in the backyard open with a proper thermos on and what interesting is that the green army's men they are watching out who is going in and out even for them to try it out the menu offering so one of the things that is exciting for a Woody's lunchbox is that we have breakfast lunch and dinner from park opening to park closing time I'm personally, one of the things that I admire and enjoy from the menu is that it's diverse. Um, you can see a classic and taste um, menu offerings, but also with a modern type of twist. reason why uh, is because of this. So, allow me to share. Uh, for breakfast, for instance, we do have this more French toast uh, sandwich. As a layer of marshmallows, uh, layer of um, chocolate ganache, and on top of it we do have cracker gumbos uh, on it. When it's warm and hot, definitely you're gonna feel that fusion of uh, sweetness on it that Andy may love, and he loves that. And on the opposite side, we do have our breakfast bowl. It has a very um, potato barrels, scrambled eggs, a Texan gravy, which is brisket. It's a brisket gravy and green onions on top. So once you get started, you're going to have a lot of energy for the remainder of the day to play big there. <laughs> we also have our smoked turkey sandwich. It, has, it comes with scrambled eggs, green peppers, onions too. So toasted, a little warm, definitely 
um, as well an opportunity to enjoy the remainder of, of the day. With that breakfast, we do have also desserts. So, for instance, you can see Rex here trying to taste uh, our banana split perfect. It has a fresh fruit, banana, strawberry, greased uh, yogurt, and on top of it, it has granola and chocolate. In addition to it, we do have our oven tarts. They are um, handmade. They are not made on the machine or things like that. Our culinary team, our bakery team makes them and for our little guests and the toys to play big there. We do have two options of them. One is the raspberry one. It has it, has it as a filler as well. And on top of it, we do have dried fruit. will be strawberries and raspberry on top. The other one has become um, or has been well received by the, our audience so far is the chocolate hazelnut tart. It comes with a layer on top of apple and caramelized bacon on top. So that mixture of flavors. So when we're talking about a classic and modern twist, that will be one of the examples of that. And, and with that note on, on that classic type of uh, food with a modern twist, we do have the Monte Cristo sandwich. It's one of my favorites so far. It has turkey, ham, cheese, and a layer of raspberry. You try that one, it's hot. You get the mix of the flavor and the sweetness and saltness. I personally couldn't stop eating it. I had to finish it and was so ready to continue playing. <clears throat> we do have also the triple cheese. Um, it's a warm hot um, toast. And also, as a side, we do have the option of tomato based soup. Um, Can you say your name and what you do? Yes, my name is Yvette Roman, and I am a food and beverage experience manager at Disney Hollywood Studios. <laughs> so, um, we have here a turkey sandwich. This is one of our healthier options. You know, it's a very light bread. We have uh, tomato, we have um, turkey breast, um, lettuce, and tomato. Um, here we have our um, brisket sandwich, uh, brisket, smoked brisket, barbecue sauce, cheese. Pickles is all toasted with a little um, garlic um, spread, and it. so it's very, very good. Um, here we have our tachos. The tachos are potato barrels with um, uh, chili, cheese, corn tortillas, more cheese, sour cream, and some onion. It's a lot of flavors, and it's very, very, it's, it's amazing. So for our size, if you want to just a size, something very quick, or you want to do a combination about a sandwich and then you the side, we have our pasta salad. This pasta salad is a little bit different. It's not a mayo-based, it's a vinaigrette-based, so it makes it healthier. So this pasta salad and this sandwich is a perfect healthy combination. Um, we have potato barrels here and our tomato basil. <laughs> Uh, what do you have for the gluten-free? Gluten-free, we have, uh, we can uh, have a gluten-free bread where we can build our sandwiches. Oh, okay. And then um, for the uh, vegetarian options, we can actually make these tachos with vegan uh, vegetarian uh, chili. 
So we can make it vegan or we can make it vegetarian. Nice. So we have vegan um, cheese, just that way they have all those flavors. Are you finding um, you're getting more requests for vegan and vegetarian? Yes, and uh, I will say in the past two years, we hear that more often. So we have improve a lot you know all this is up to uh, upon guest requests but we try our best to accommodate any dietary need um, any of our guests mm -hmm. so we try our best but yes we always come in with vegetarian and vegan options because we know we will have those questions and you say the last two years why do you think I, that is i think people is just living a healthier life mm -hmm. Personal thing, yeah, and and because of that, we have you know this all this food. They should be able to try and have the same flavors or similar flavors that any like the tachos. Like in um, vegan, you will never notice the difference between that chili and the chili. And is that important too? Just making sure the flavors, like you're not missing out, skipping out. We don't want our guests to miss out in any other flavors. We create this with a purpose, so we want them to experience all that flavors. We want you to, when you walk, um, we, uh, near our Woody's lunchbox, we want you to smell that garlic. We want you to see, and after you see, we want you to taste. So everything. Yeah, with vegetarians, it always seems like, oh, yeah, there's a salad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we will try our best to accommodate, and we will come out, guess, tell one of our toys, hey, I have an allergy, or I have a vegetarian, I'm a vegetarian. One of us, one of the leaders, one of the coordinators will come out. We will see what is their need, what they like, what they don't like, and we will try to accommodate as much as we can. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening to another episode of Married Travelers Behind the Design. Check out other episodes of our shows wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to check out Married Traveler at traveler.marriott.com for inspirational travel stories. Marriott Traveler.